God, thank you for this day. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for allowing me to wake up. Thank you despite the tiredness, despite the weariness, God, you yet allowed for new mercies to fall afresh all myself as well as other individuals god i pray now that as i do my best to encourage someone in this season um i pray that they would just know how powerful you are know how compassionate you know you are know how loving you are lord if nothing else let them understand that you want nothing but the best for them um there's so many things in life that takes over the good and the bad and oftentimes it's hard to come back from the bad Sometimes it's hard to know how to come back from the bad and how to yet keep having faith and how yet to keep pressing and how to keep just focused on you. And so God, I just hope that people know it's still to God be the glory. That's still a song that they can sing within their heart and within their soul. No matter what it looks like, no matter if they're right in the middle of the storm, they can still say to God, be the glory for all the things, all the things he has done. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Welcome to another episode of uh, this podcast, um, Reviving the Spirit Rehabilitation for the Battle-Worn Christian. And today's episode, if you didn't see or notice the the title, (laughs) is Cultivating Resilience Through Scripture. And so um, just kind of navigating life's challenges, right, with our faith um, recording this at a time that is, um, the holiday season. Um, and so oftentimes this, this season is heavy. It's so heavy for so many people. Um, even myself, I'm, I'm recording this, um, while yet pressing through my own heaviness. And so, um, but I wanted to do something. I wanted to encourage. I wanted to express um, and let it be known that number one, you're not alone, whoever is hearing this um, for the first time, the second time, if it was shared with you, no matter what, you're not alone. And then of course, to help um, my fellow brothers and sisters know where to turn when it's, when it's hard to be resilient, when it's hard to come back, right? Um, 
we have to understand the profound role of scripture when it comes to helping us build resilience and endurance. Um, we're, and I don't know if it's just myself or if anybody else has kind of noticed, but more and more and more and more, you're starting to hear people say, read your word. Um, I know the uh, ministry that I'm a part of, um, the pastor said, uh, my pastor said, you know, he had always prayed or is always praying that he shepherds people or those that are self-feeders, um, not necessarily, necessarily depending upon a Sunday morning or a special service or a, um, or something like that to always fulfill them, but that they self feed, they read their Bibles, they pray, they meditate, they really do cultivate, um, those spiritual disciplines and make them regular, um, habits, you know, um, if you will. So as with every episode, um, I'm going to delve and dive right into the word <laughs> and, and we're going to look at some things, um, when it comes to having that, um, strength and guidance and, and that comfort during difficult times. Um, so we're going to look at some things and I'll share some things and, uh, we'll go from there. Um, when it comes to resilience, first and foremost, um, uh, I'm going to give, and, and we all know that, um, you know, the good old, if you, if you Google nowadays, if for those that, um, have been around for a minute, I'm not that old, but, <laughs> but for those that might remember, you know, when Google first came on the scene until now, um, if you Google something now, uh, especially nowadays, you, you not only get the general definition and general information, but then you also get the, um, the AI, you know, generated <laughs> feedback. <laughs> you'll get, you'll get the, uh, you know, I, I, I looked up, I wanted to give the definition of resilience. And of course, you know, AI had to give their two cents as well as, you know, uh, just general definition of what resilience is. And so I'm just going to read just the general definition and then I'll give, you know, kind of like what AI was saying and all that. But resilience in and of itself, we um, just know the capacity to the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. Toughness, you know, it's kind of like a synonym. Um, and then a second definition was saying uh, the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. And then of course AI gave us little feedback, and it says. Resilience is the ability to adapt to difficult situations. It involves being able to function both physically and psychologically, even when experiencing stress, adversity, or trauma. Now, I know that for many people, when it comes to hearing that word resilience and understanding uh, that whole bounce back, um, some people are like, it shouldn't be hard as you get older or as you grow in your faith or all this other stuff. Um, I don't 
really think that is all the way true. Yes, do I believe you'll have days and moments where you do quickly bounce back? Absolutely. However, it might not be every single day. You might get through a 30 days. You might be able to say, you know what? I went through the whole month of November and I was fine. I was able to bounce back when I felt low. And then you get to December and you like, ooh, that bounce back. <laughs> it's not happening as fast as it was in November. And that's okay. Even the Christian that reads their Bible every day, they pray, they fast, all this other stuff. Listen, that's the reason you pray, you fast, and you read your Bible every day. It's, you have to do it every day. You have to do this regularly because that's the only way you're going to build up what you need to be able to bounce back. It's the only way you're going to understand the power of resilience. That's the only way you're going to be able to do that. You're only going to be able to do that if you read your word, if you pray and you take that time to do that. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's not going to happen any other way. I, it's just not, it's not going to happen any other way. And so number one, number, the number one thing, and I've always been doing this and I want to make sure people understand this, um, because this particular podcast, I started it on the basis um, of, you know, reviving the spirit. It comes from a psalm that talks about uh, God's word being, you know, that instruction, you know, being um, that source and, 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 and relying on that word, it, it revives the soul. And so the power of scripture I know sometimes we don't think um, <laughs> that Bible is, is that essential, but it's really essential, everybody. It's really essential. It's so essential. Um, I wish I could put as much emphasis on it as I really could, but even if I did, it still would not even begin to emphasize the importance. It wouldn't even begin to um, illustrate the importance of the power that the scripture has. Um, when it comes to our Christian faith, if we're not in that word regularly, and I'm talking about, you might have to amp it up. You know, you read your word maybe in the morning, you have your little devotional time, and then you go about your day. But if you're in a season that's really heavy, you might have to amp that up. <laughs> you might need to take your lunch break or you might need to take another break or two throughout the day or three or four or five throughout the day and read a, and read a scripture or two. I have found my own self like um, doing devotionals more in this season and doing... Um, more prayer time and just different things like that. Like I'm finding myself doing that way, way more because of the season that I'm in. And so I'm finding that to really help along with being in community and different things like that. Like I'm very grateful because of course um, we moved to Austin, Texas and uh, well, you know, it'll, it'll be three years in January that we've been here. 
January 2024. And, um, we hadn't necessarily found, um, a church ministry yet, but I'm grateful now that I have found a church ministry that I can be a part of and I can serve and I can be around those that, you know, will encourage me and will, um, just, you know, be able to give me that hug that I need that will just be able to say, Hey, how you doing? And, and all that other stuff, you know, they'll be able, we'll be able to bounce off each other, you know? And so I'm so grateful that that happened in this season. Um, it was perfect timing. God is always on time. And so it's, it's so important that we get into our word. We pray, we talk to God and we take that time to listen for him. Um, turning off the distractions and making sure we're not getting bombarded with, um, with all this different, um, things that, that just makes it seem like, oh, we should be bouncing back real quick, or we should be doing that. Listen, there's some things that we're not going to bounce back fast, but we can cultivate it. We can cultivate our resilience and we ought to be (laughs) on a regular. This isn't, it's like the whole scripture that talks about the renewing of our mind, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing, renewing of your mind. That happens constantly. It's not a one-time occurrence. It happens every day, every moment that you ought to be in a consistent cycle where your mind is being renewed. And so it's the same thing. And so with cultivating resilience, that's, that's, that's in that loop. So of course we're going to, you know, we're going to look at some things. We're going to look at some scriptures. So that way we know that the scripture really is a powerful source of inspiration of guidance and of comfort, um, of comfort. And so let's see here. So I'm not going to pull out a lot of stories because if anybody has taken the time to read their Bible, they already know there's plenty (laughs) of good old stories of inspiration and things like that in there, but we're just going to point out just a few. So, um, just demonstrations of, you know, when in the face of adversity, you know, demonstrating that resilience in the face of adversity. So one of the scriptures, of course, um, comes out of Job. Um, anybody that's been in, been involved in church or has done, gone through a Sunday school or has read their Bible, know good and well. You, when you hear Job, you already, I promise you, everybody like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the name alone, y'all, that just, you already know I said Job and a lot of y'all was like, I knew she was going to say that. Mm, I knew that's where she was going with this. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I, I just knew that's where she was going. <laughs> you know, I was going to have to point out Job, right? Um, it, it, it's, it's one of those big beacons, you know, <laughs> that just shines. It's obvious Job, but I'm going to read, um, out of chapter one, verse 20 through 22. Um, and I'm going to read, of course, the new, um, actually I'm going to change this. I want to change this to, sorry, there's a certain, I like a certain version. And so I want to flip this. I apologize. There we go. So new living translation of this says Job stood up. This is in, um, chapter one, verse starting in verse 20. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. 
praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. How many of us can honestly say we can do that? How many of us have gone through, even now, let's say you've been on this Christian journey for years. Not that you're a newborn. If you, if you knew into this thing and you have yet to feel as though you blame God for what's happened, listen, <laughs> if you ain't had it yet, believe me, you probably going to have it at least one time. You won't have at least once. But how many of us can say, even in our tenure of Christian faith, that we haven't done that? The things that we face, considering Job and all that he faced, y'all, he lost pretty much everything. Down to his health. Lost everything. Materialistically and physically. How many of us can honestly say we wouldn't have been like... (laughs) Okay, God, you know what? Wiped our hands clean of the whole Christian faith thing and been like, I'm out. I'm good. I'm done. How many of us can honestly say they wouldn't have tried that and wouldn't have said that? Even his wife said, you should you should be cursing your God and go ahead and die. Even his wife said that. And if you read throughout what his little friends was talking about, like his friends They made some really good points at times, but then overall it's like, y'all still pretty much just telling the same thing his wife was saying. Like, you know what? Don't even, you probably should just go ahead and say what you, you know, you messed up and you, you need to, yeah, you know, this is what you need to do, Job. Pretty much making him feel less than. It wasn't like they were very encouraging. (laughs) So... We got to look at that because that Job's story can literally paint a picture of what does happen to many people. Like they're in the most toxic environment while being in the midst of a storm. That's pretty much what this dude literally had everything taken from him, you know, materialistically speaking, his family even, um, physically, his health, all that stuff. Nobody wanted to be around him, obviously. Um, I mean, not not to say it like that, but I'm just being honest. You know, somebody, you know, walking around with swords and stuff and with pus, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to be around him either. No offense. I'd be like, hey, hey, I'll keep my distance because I don't know what's going on with you. But in all, in all seriousness, though, like seriously, like he's already alone after all this, right? His wife's not even trying to take care of him. She's upset. I mean, she's she, she has to go through her own mourning for her own kids and things and her loss. So it's like he's by himself. All by himself. And then you have friends, supposed friends, that are not really comforting. How many of us has been in that situation? We've been in a dead smack in the middle of a storm. Nobody there with us. Nobody. Friends, yeah, they don't know what to say. They don't know what to really do to help you. They don't know what to say as far as in comfort, what to do for you. Family, gone, not even on the scene. Um, Or same thing, they don't know what to say or do. Um, And then, you know, 
hey, you're by yourself. It's like, what do you do? You might be laying in a hospital bed considering if you have physical ailments. You lay in a hospital bed, nurses are there to take care of you, but they got to be on round, so it's not like they can really be that much of a comfort either. What do you do? What do you do? Job says, in all of this, he did not sin by blaming God. Sometimes when we go through things and we do blame God, that unfortunately causes a disconnect, right? It causes a a serious disconnect where we don't want to talk to him. We know how we are. We blame somebody for something. We don't want to talk to them, right? Like, if I blame you for something, like you you did something to me, I'm not going to want to talk to you. So it's an automatic disconnect that happens, right? When we start to blame, we don't want to be bothered. We're like, "Mm -mm, you did that to me. You hurt me. I'm done. So I'm not going to talk to you. But Job in his pain, physically, mentally, spiritually, all of that, in the midst of his pain, like right from the jump, sores busting out on him, everything, family gone, everything just flat out dead all around him, dead and gone, sits there and says, I'm not going to blame God because he already knew if he did, next thing you know, he's going to end up not wanting to talk to him. He's going to not want to communicate with him. He's not going to want in any shape, form or fashion, try and find any sort of comfort from the number one source that's going to give him comfort, which he already knew. He didn't blame him. So if nothing else, let's take a note of that to say, oh, ready. Um, let's not blame God. Let's not, let's not turn sour. Let's not turn adverse. Let's not get upset with God in the situation. That's not going to be the best first step. First step, don't blame God and don't get upset. Easier said than done because we, because we hear all the time. Yeah, we live in the fallen world. We know Satan is in control yet. God is still in all control. If you will. Um, there are things that, you know, we hear about the permissive wheels and all of that. But I'm not getting that. I'm not gonna get into that aspect of this, but we hear about all of that. And so we know we're like, Oh, God allows certain things to happen to help, you know, da, 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 da. he strengthens our faith. Ah, da, da, da. Yeah. But some of us, we, yeah, mm-mm. some of us don't like hearing that. This is true. So some of us will in fact be like, no, God, you had this happen. Why? I'm done. We get that. We get that upset, but we can't, we can't. And I'm speaking from my own experience. You can't because it's going to end up causing you to be like, "Mm, I don't want to talk to you. Or you're going to be like, you're going to, you're going to limit how you trust him. You're going to limit the level of trust you really ought to be having in God. Like when I blame God for a situation years ago, I just only went to him for the basics. I was like, I'm not going to trust you with my whole heart. I'm just going to trust you with what I'm going to trust you with. I, 
I picked and chose what, what I want to trust him with. I'm not there no more. Thank God. I trust God with even the most private parts of my heart. It took time and it, and days, it still takes moments where I'm like, uh, yeah, I do. Do I trust him? Cause I want to make sure I check my heart. Do I really give my whole heart to God? Do I really do it? And I do those checks because I'm sincere in wanting to make sure I don't cut off my primary source. My primary source is not my job. It's, it's, it's not trying to put in my money in several different stocks and bonds and different accounts and, and trying to start my business or try to do this. No, my, my, no, my source is God. I need to put all my all into him and everything else will be added. Seek him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything will be added. Genesis 39, two through six. We know about Joseph. Another situation, right? We know about Joseph. And this is just highlighting, you know, Joseph. In his situation. <laughs> um, but this highlights something that's also of significance when you're in the midst of a situation. So Genesis 39, two through six, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Personally, I think that's a that's a place I think maybe, you know, God was like, he just had to worry about how, what he had to eat. He had to worry about nothing else. <laughs> um, but this is another example of not only resilience or a good demonstration of resilience, but just recognizing that even in the midst of where you are, God is with you. If you're still alive, even if you're in pain, you own some medicines for the pain, you look to your left, you look to your right, nobody's there. You look on your phone, you can't call nobody. Even in the midst of you being dead smack where you are, God is with you. I think sometimes we forget that God does feel. I think we forget that God does know how to mourn. I think we forget that God is just as emotional because we're made in his image. He's a jealous God. I mean, when you look through Old Testament, you start to recognize that God is emotional. He's not just not emotional. He's emotional. <laughs> and I think sometimes we think because he's, 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 he's righteous and he's this and he's that, that 
he's not, uh, he's somehow, I don't know, is, um, <laughs> he's void of feeling. I don't, I'm trying to explain it. Like, I think people think that he, 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 as supreme as he is, I think we sometimes forget just how connected we are to him. He created us. For parents out there who are parents, or even if you have like a stepchild or because, you know, you grow to love these children, if you adopt them, stepchildren, whatever, you end up building a bond or a connection with them. And you see their temperaments. And when you see that, you not only see it, but you feel it. You know when your child is upset. You know how that feels for that child. You can sympathize with them. You can empathize with them. You literally can feel their pain. God is the same way. His promises of never leaving us nor forsaking us literally is never leaving us nor forsaking us to the very end. And even at the end, he's never leaving us nor forsaking us for those that are in him. So as his children, we have to know he's right there. When you're crying, he's right there. When you're mourning your loved one, he's right there. Don't think he's not, he's right there. And I know what you're thinking, but if he's right there, why don't he save me? Why don't he take away the pain? Let me be honest with you about something. We have to sometimes feel that pain to know that number one, we need him. But number two, that even when the pain is there, God is still real. And we miss that. And the enemy will use that pain to make us miss him. We'd rather feel the pain, get mad about the pain, wallow in the mad part of the pain. It's not a natural mechanism for most people to want to wallow in pain. Okay. Just going to be honest. Nobody, nobody honestly just wants to be always in pain mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever. Nobody really wants pain. However, the enemy can use that as a distraction and make us wallow. And then we wallow and we get mad. We get frustrated. We're like, oh, I'm in this pain. God, you don't, you don't understand me. You don't know what I'm going through. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. I came upon not too long ago. It was earlier this year. I came upon. Like I've, I've read the story. I've heard the story, but I came upon that, that portion of scripture where it talks about Jesus and, you know, in the garden of Gethsemane, right. And so another example of a story, I didn't mean to pull this one up, but he grieved to the point of anguish. It was anguish that he was feeling like. I know, I know we take in, I know we take lightly sometimes. I, I don't, and I don't know why, but I think we, we really 
skim and scan over what really happened with Jesus. I, and I, and, and I'm not saying that, uh, this should really be the only story that should stick in our hearts when we're in pain. But if this is a good, if this is any story that I would recommend having in your mind to remind you on how to cultivate your resilience, think about Jesus and what he went through. If nobody else, I'm going to mention one other person. I know we just went through Job and we just mentioned Joseph. If we don't talk about nobody, if we don't, if you don't remember nobody else, remember Jesus and what he went through. I know people are like, oh, well, he's my savior. He did that so he can save the world. And he did that according to God's plan and all this stuff. Okay, that's great. But remember what he went through. That's not your average pain. It compares nothing to what we will go, what we will go through here on this earth. We lose loved ones and it hurts. We lose jobs, we lose businesses, we get homeless and it hurts. We go without food and we're sick and we're in hospitals and we go through surgeries and everything else. But nothing compares to what he went through. What he went through. Yeah, maybe some of us will go through some heck of some pain, abuse, physical we might get shot at. We might get stabbed. I get it. Listen, I get the pain, levels of pain that we can endure. I get it. There's a lot of physical pains and emotional pains and everything we can endure as humans here on earth. Yes. But nothing still compares to what he went through for us just to live. just to live. So when I'm feeling heavy, I will remember Jesus felt that same anguish, the same grief, if not stronger. He had to carry the weight of millions on his shoulder, millions. Not just, not, not just a handful, not just numbers, not just people that he can count on one hand. He did it for millions. Like millions, thousands upon thousands, upon thousands <laughs> to save us from our sins. So we have to remember that. And he cried. He felt another, another important aspect to remember of who and, and, and all of the characteristics of God. God feels and he cries with us. You cry, he's crying, y'all. I just believe that. I just believe that. I know some people be like, seriously? No, I believe that. I know people want to make God to be this untouchable being as though, oh no, you need to respect him. And he's untouchable. He can't be compared to human. Listen, I get it, but I can't serve a God that doesn't understand me. I wouldn't be able to serve a God who can't cry with me. I wouldn't be able to serve a God who isn't jealous, who isn't caring, who isn't compassionate, who doesn't want to see the best for me. 
I'm not saying that he he's going to allow me to stay in my situation and allow me to wallow, which I want to serve that God too. I want to serve a God that's going to judge me, correct me, help me, guide me, and make sure I'm doing what I need to do to be successful here on this planet. But he's going to let me feel. And he's going to be right there with me, crying. If he could give me tissues, if he can make a little tissue float in the air and hand it to me, it'd be great. I know I exaggerated, I know. But I'm just saying, I'm being honest. I couldn't serve a God who didn't understand me, who wouldn't feel me. I don't want to, I would never want to serve a God like that. First Samuel 30 and six. So we got a situation here <laughs> with David. David, y'all, they just went, he, they just went through some stuff. Um, and, uh, the verse itself is the highlighted verse is verse six and it's first Samuel 30 verse six. But, uh, just to help set up what verse six is, is, is involving. This is, uh, uh, their, 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 their area, basically, uh, they, right. You know, David and his men had arrived home at their home, t- at their, at, arrived home at their town of Ziglag. So, uh, of course, the Amalekites had raided them, right? Um, took everything. David had two wives, as we know, at that point, at that time. Took them, other men, the soldiers, took all, you know, carried off with the women and children and everyone um, else. Um, they didn't kill them, but they just carried off with them. Of course, this made the men mad, you know? They had, all, they had gone out, they came back to town and like, the Amalekites took all their stuff. Like, what? So, um, the men, they're, you know, the men are just like, oh my goodness. Seriously? They're, they were they 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 realized and they just wept. Um, they wept about their family being taken. Um, which I can't blame them. You know, yeah, they're distraught. And so, verse six, as we came up on that, says David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. Even in the midst of that, how many of us knowing good and well, we might lead um, others, if you will. We might lead others into some situations and they don't always pan out. They don't always pan out. You have good intentions. You have good hopes of, of certain things panning out and then something doesn't pan out and then all of a sudden they're, people is mad at you. How many of us can honestly say they will still find strength in God? As we lead others. So we have to find that strength in God. It's so important to find that strength in God, no matter the situation, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, we have to find that strength. The strength is only going to come from God. I know we, we, we think that, um, you know, oh, this is situations where, you know, uh, it's just something that's happened or no, you might lead some people. You might lead your household. 
you made some investments. You did invest in that business. And it was going pretty good. And then suddenly, it bottoms out. Now what do you do? You got, you got family. You got kids to feed. What do you do? You still lean and depend on God. You still lean and depend on him. So much easier said than done, I know. But you got to trust him. Seek him first. Always in every situation. So building the resilience, right? We talked about, mentioned some folks, even Jesus <laughs> and his story on just some examples, right? But building that resilience, cultivating the resilience and the endurance, that in and of itself um, can just be found in the promises. There's so, and I think that, not I think, I know. I know the Bible is a source for that. Like we can read through the stories, we can listen to the examples, we can, we can picture it as we read and really and really study it, not study it from, you know, where you're trying to do a whole bunch of commentaries and trying to break it down and, and everything else. That's good and great. Not saying that's not a, that's not good to do. Please do study, study your word, you know, break it down. You know, there's certain aspects that, you know, certain Hebrew and Greek and all that other good stuff that it means this, it means that. So break it down. Yes, please do. Um, however, there is still the promises that we don't want to miss. And sometimes we can miss the promises because we're trying to be so deep and the promises are not that deep. They just surface level. Most, most promises are just blatant. They're just at the surface level. Like a lot of promises are just obedience and you get the blessing. If you're obedient, you get the blessing. Obedience. Blessing. It's, it's cut and dry. It's no, it's no gray. It's, it's no in between. Cut and dry, obedience equals blessings. It, it, equal, it, it equals being covered. It equals being able to be sustained. It, it, it equals having God's protection and finding him. Obedience allows you to find God in the midst of the situation. Of, 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 of whenever you are in that storm, obedience. Because you have to seek him. You have to find him. That's our obedience as his children. We sign, when we confess Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, we agreed not to a whole life that's now never going to have any issues. That's not what we agreed to when we, when, we, when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's not what we agreed to. What we did agree to was we're going to keep him first no matter what happens. And so that's, that's what I have to do. I have to have my faith. Don't complicate it. Have your faith, not your title, not your gifts. Those are good. But we have to keep our faith no matter what. We got to be obedient and God will take care of the rest. Obedience, the blessing, the coverings, the being sustained, provisions, all that. We'll be able to witness him being all that we need him to be. So a couple of promises that we, that we can definitely lean on when it comes to being resilient. 
Isaiah 41 and 10 says, don't be afraid for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We know Old Testament. When you read Old Testament, for some people, they get bored with Old Testament. And I can understand why, because, you know, it's just, <laughs> especially as you get into the latter part, um, you know, it's God is like using the prophets to repeat, say the same thing over and over and over and over again about the disobedience and the punishment for the disobedience. And if you repent, this is what will result. But I love Isaiah because it reminds us, I love Isaiah for, for many reasons, but I love Isaiah because it really brings out God's love. And I mean, unconditional, no filters, no nothing, no, how much he loves us and he wants to be with us. So when I read these promises coming out of Isaiah of don't be afraid for I am with you. If you choose me, I'm with you. This isn't some regular Joe or, or Jill or whoever off the street that you meet and y'all might click and y'all might, you know, do whatever or your husband or your wife. Listen, it's not just that. It's not even at that level. This is God. He said, don't be afraid for I am with you. You choose me. I'm with you to the end. I'm with you. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. There was a time, of course, in Old Testament, the disobedience was idolatry. There was worshiping pagan gods and other gods that were not God. He wanted them not to worship them. He's like, no, I'm your God. You don't need to be discouraged. If you got me, I'm your God. There's no need to be discouraged. I can see if you, I can see if you worship in those other gods, then yeah, please, you have every right to be discouraged, to be afraid. If you are worshiping anything other than me, if you are serving anything other than me, you have every right to be afraid. You have every right to be discouraged. You have every right to be weak. You have every right to be sick. Listen, I can't protect you that way. I can't promise you that you will not be afraid. I can't promise you, you won't feel discouragement, but I can promise you if you serve me, if you serve God, that's what he's saying. God is saying, if you serve him, serve him. If you serve me, if you serve God, he, that's what he's saying. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God is always victorious. He has never lost. He has been put up to the test to those foreign gods. Read your word time and time again. He showed himself mighty through the wonders that he did with freeing those, freeing the children of Israel from the Egyptians, right? You want to know some signs and wonders? I know everybody's like looking for signs and wonders like the new car, the new house and and I'll, no, 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 no. Look at them signs and wonders that he did for the children of Israel. 
That's signs and wonders. I great. Thankfully, you know, we have some miraculous signs and wonders nowadays. Sure. People getting healed and everything else. And he did all that too. In, in old Testament time, but look at those signs and wonders. Now that is the God that we want to serve. That's the kind of God I want to serve who can part the red sea. Who can bring down the walls of Jericho just by screaming and walking around it and blowing some horns. And then that's after they got out, before they got out, covered them. When the angel of death came through and all they had to do was put, get the blood of the lamb uh, around the doorpost. And he was able to pass over. What kind of, listen, there, listen, there is no other thing or God that's able and capable of doing that. Psalm 46, one through three, another encouragement that we can, that, that we can lean on. I'm going to read the NIV. God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we can still find refuge. So many things will disappear. That's pretty much when, when, you, when you read that, that's pretty much what that pretty much is saying. When, 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 when everything pretty much disappears, there's, there's no other there. When everything disappears, we, we earthquakes, mountains crumble, everything just falls away. We can still find refuge and strength in our times of trouble. And we know, and just to kind of even illustrate or kind of to say what, you know, when it comes to, you know, letting, you know, the mountains tremble and the earthquakes and they, and the mountains crumble and all that. Basically it's like just saying, even if when the earth goes away, he is still God that you can find refuge and strength. He's going to be the, he's going to be the only thing that you can find for refuge and strength. When the end, end, end comes, he's only, he's, he's going to be the only source, the only source, the only source. And so Romans eight and 28, which I believe this is one of the last ones that will be mentioned. And we know NIV says, and we know. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. New Living Translation says it like this, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Each and every one of us, whoever is hearing this right now, 
you have a purpose. You always hear, or you might've heard the phrase, there's purpose in your pain. But even outside of the pain, you have purpose. Don't just depend on the pain to find your purpose. You can find your purpose in the pain. That's great. Please do. That, that'll help build up your resilience too. However, don't ever just rely on the pain to find the purpose. Because, yeah, no, your purpose is still there. That's why everything can work together. That's why it all can work together. Because the good and the bad, there's purpose. You still have purpose. No matter what happens, your purpose is still there. The pain hurts, but it does not cancel the purpose. Your purpose is never canceled because of the pain. The devil wants you to think that. The enemy wants you to think that the storms, the roadblocks, the hurricanes, the typhoons, all of it. It cancels your purpose, but it don't. It doesn't cancel your purpose. Romans, as we know, is that book that, you know, we, we, um, we may have heard in, 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 in Sunday school classes or in church, you know, we, we talk about Romans being that, uh, Roman roads, if you will, if you will, to salvation or, you know, helping someone, you know, to come to Christ. And so it's befitting to include that information in Romans because we don't ever want to lie to nobody that comes to Christ and gets saved that all of a sudden the struggles will cease. The storms will stop. The pain, mm -mm, you won't feel that because you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's not what the Bible says. Tell the truth. There's going to be some pain. Jesus suffered, so we're going to suffer too. But all of that, all of that, we know that God can cause because he's God. That's why I love God. He causes everything to work together. He'll get us back into the alignment that we need. He knows it. He knows the pain is there, but he'll still get us back into alignment. If we just hold on to him, he might have to carry us for a period of time, but he's going to get us back into alignment. Never be afraid to allow God to carry you. Never be ashamed to allow God to carry you. And sometimes we get, think that because we were in this full armor of God, that we're not supposed to be carried. We think that because we have the bruises and that we're in pain, that, oh, I gotta show I'm tough. I gotta show that I'm a tough Christian, that I'm a warrior. Baby, let me tell you something. Let God carry you. You're still a good soldier. You're still a warrior. It, it, it doesn't mean that you're still not strong in the Lord if you allow God to carry you. In fact, that's when his strength, huh? That's when his strength 
is most seen in our weakness. Let him carry you. And I'm going to just share, I've already kind of made mention in this season, it's heavy for me because my mom passed earlier in January. And so it's holidays, right? I'll admit as a mom, um, as a wife, trying to keep the household together, I have not had many, many opportunities to process the grief. I'll admit that. And so I've been trying to take bits and pieces here and there. I've been trying to take moments here and there to process the grief. And, uh, and, and so it's heavy right now because it's the holiday. First Christmas without my mom. And I think for me, what, um, it was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise. (laughs) Um, I anticipated it because I was like, you know, grief is going to, you know, grief can happen. You know, it's a wave, you know, people talk about it as being like, um, like the water waves, if you know, like the waves of the water, it comes and goes, you know, it's high and low and stuff like that. And it's true. It's true. And Right now, it's a pretty high wave and I'm trying to ride. It's scary. It's, uh, it gets dark. The winds are strong. And um, it's hard. But I have not stopped trusting God. I have not stopped leaning heavily on him. He's probably been carrying me. <laughs> He's probably been carrying me uh, throughout this whole whole season of, of, of the Christmas season so far. He's probably been carrying me. I'm not even gonna lie about that. Um, but I don't feel any weaker. Thank you, God. I can still say to God be the glory. I do get tired. I do find myself crying. I do find myself wanting to look in my phone and see that inbox asking for some pictures and hearing her voice when I call and I do, I have those moments, but then I remember that she's okay. God has reassured me even in my dreams that she's okay. And She's no longer in pain. She's no longer hurting. And I know you hear that too. It's, a, it's, it's easy to say that, you know, they're no longer in pain and things of that sort. But I really mean that. Because uh, she passed away from cancer and I'm a cancer survivor. So I can honestly say I'm grateful that she's no longer in pain. And so, but God, but, but, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals, whoever can hear my voice right now. I talk to God every day. (sighs) 
I'm transparent with him. I don't hide my pain. I don't hide the fact that I need him at all. Because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. For me to cultivate this resilience is, uh, is what I'm doing right now. Um, is what I'm doing right now. I'm letting people know that they're not alone. I'm right there with you, but I am not going to stop depending on God. And I know people are like, but what if it doesn't get better by tomorrow? What if the pain, what if the sadness doesn't go away by next year? Okay. I'm just going to keep talking to God. I've made it up in my mind and this is something that, and I'm not trying to say that this is what makes a strong person strong or makes a Christian strong. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm, what I'm saying is this is I no longer rely on myself, on other people to cultivate my resilience. It's done with scripture. It's done because of God and my relationship with him. If I did not have a relationship with God, I promise you, I would be a hot mess right now. I'd be a hot mess. I'd be trying everything else. And when I say everything else, I mean everything else. And it would not be pretty. It would not be pretty. But the only way I'm cultivating this resilience is because of his word and his promises. And I'm standing on them. And if it wasn't for the fact that God, in in my vision and dreams that he's given me, if he didn't reassure me, I guess I would feel a little different. And, And I think that's the other thing too. And that's the other promise I can say without a shadow of a doubt. And this is going into the practical tips that you can do for your daily lives, to build your resilience. Pray, do the devotionals, read your word, journal, talk to a counselor, get with a, get with a small group at your church, talk to your pastor, talk to somebody that's a trusted, trusted, trusted Christian counselor or, or mentor or, or somebody that can literally help you strengthen your faith because it's critical. You are critical. You are important to God. What I just said about you having purpose, I mean, you have purpose. It's critical that you make it. It's critical that you make it and you hold on and you stand on the promises of God. I don't care if you only know the one promise. That he'll never leave you nor forsake you. It said more than once throughout the throughout the Bible. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Take that to the extreme. Because it even talks about that he'll be with you. I believe it's in Psalm where it says about making your bed in hell and he's there. That lets us know that God 
He'll be with you even in the most bottomless pits that you can ever be in. The lowest of the low. The lowest of the low. He will be with you. The lowest of the low. He'll be with you. The lowest of the low. He's there. So journal, write it out, right? Write some letters to your loved one if that's what it is right now. If you've lost somebody, write a, write a, write a letter to them. Write about them. Write, a, write out some memories about them. Jot those down. So that way as you get, as time progresses, you can reflect on those. Write out some memories, that you, some good memories that you remember with them when you spend time with them. Do some daily devotionals. Um, the Bible app, I'm doing a daily devotional. It's on grief. Grief bites um, on the Bible app, on the Virgin Bible app. Prayer, please pray, please pray, please pray. Prayer is, is critical. Um, I have downloaded two prayer apps. That's how critical it is to me. I've downloaded two. Not one, two prayer apps. <laughs> one that my church uh, recommended and one I found. Prayer is that critical. It's that critical. And like I said, and, 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 I, and I know people are going to hear this and I know people are going to be like, well, it's, it sounds like it's easier for you and because, you know, you, 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 you seem to have, a good foundation to faith. First of all, I was not raised in church, y'all. So please don't think I'm always been in church. I have not. I was not raised in church. Um, and I know some people might have questions on, you know, everybody always talks about why does good, you know, good things. I mean, bad things happen to good people. Why do we have so much chaos if there is a God? You know, um, why do I need to serve him if it's going to be storms anyway? <laughs> and um, these are all some really good questions. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is... Um, we have to stop relying on what we see, what we hear, and start relying on what God says to you. Get in his word. I can promise you, I will bet money on it. If you take at least one whole year, read your word, pray, not just read it as a, just a novel, but pray before you read it every single time. Pray before, pray after. And ask God, God, let me get out of this word. Let me get out of your word because it's his word. Let me get out of your word. Even if you don't believe it's his word, because a lot of people are like, oh, the Bible's, you know, is, is, is written by man. Great. I'm glad, I'm glad you recognize that. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you recognize that. But read it and pray. Tell God, God, I believe you, you are this powerful and I want you to give me some, I want you to give me understanding on what I read for my life as I read this Bible. 
take a year. I don't care if you get just, I don't care if you get not just, I don't care if you get just one revelation, but I can guarantee it and I'll bet money on it. Then not only will you get the one revelation, but you're going to have something happening in your dream as you sleep. He's going to speak to you somehow, even if it's through a dream, a pastor, a person that's walking on the street. I've had people, I've read stories or I've had people tell me they were just walking along in a store. Somebody come up to them, give them a word, if you will. That's what they call it, you know, <laughs> they'll get a word. And they know it was God. They know it was God. There's a lot of questions I know people will have. And if, and if you, and you're more than happy, if anybody's listening to this, if you want to submit a question to me, Reviving the Spirit is on Facebook, it's on Instagram. Look for the one, Reviving the Spirit, Rehabilitation for the Battle-Worn Christian, or Rehabilitation for Battle-Worn Christian. Send me a question. Inbox me. I will do my very best to pray for you, and I will also give you a Bible scripture. I will give you a Bible verse. And... Everybody always tries to say, well, everything's not in the Bible. Everything and there's not all, all the answers are not in the Bible, but I am coming to find out it is. The more and more I read it, it is. Because you have to understand God's character. And that's the part that we will miss. We'll miss the answer if we don't understand his character. Once we understand who he is, you'll get the answer. I can guarantee it. So I'm going to say this in closing. Please read your word. Please read your word. I love books. Um, I love reading. I've actually been an avid reader since I was a little girl. Um, always loved to read. Uh, I love books. And, um, I'm not saying you can't find other books on, uh, resilience there. There's, there's some Christian authors that, uh, I guarantee, um, I, there's some good ones out there that, that will just help support the, uh, how to build resilience and, you know, overcoming obstacles and things of that sort. So absolutely. I'm not discouraging to seek other books to read. Um, however, please read your word. At the end of the day, I get devotionals, get books, get those other ones from the trusted, trusted authors, Christian authors. Um, but read your Bible. And I know some people are like, but if I'm reading my Bible, how am I going to find time to read other stuff? Then just read that Bible for a while. If your life does not permit for you to read any other books like that, then read your Bible, read your Bible. And then of course, Please seek out support um, from your church family. And if you don't have a church family, please find one. Um, I know some people are like, oh, no, I'll be fine. I don't need a church family. Listen, I'm grateful for a, uh, a church ministry that offers small groups. And this small groups, I'm learning more and more that you don't necessarily have to be a member of this ministry to be a part of their small groups. People actually just invite their friends 
to the small groups and they end up joining the ministry. That's how they join the ministry. But um, even if you find a local small group somewhere that's positive, that's faith-based, that's Bible-based, join that. Start, start there. Maybe you're not ready to join a big ministry or even a church ministry, but if they're offering some kind of small group or Bible study or something to that effect, just go to that. That's cool. Just go to the small group. It's cool. Just go to the group with 10 to 15 people. It's okay. You ain't got to go to the big, big, big stuff yet. It's cool. Start somewhere though. That's the point. Start somewhere. And then at the end of the day, and this is really the overall ending, (sighs) embrace that resilience. It's really, (laughs) it's really something to have it in your faith journey. It's really, um, it, it won't go away to, to, to cultivate that resilience. It, it's not going to go away. Resilience is, is, um, it's a characteristic of God. And if we're made in his image, guess what? We're going to have to have the resilience too. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. Um, I knew it was going to be um, emotional for me, but I wanted to offer that encouragement about the resilience and cultivating it through scripture. It's so critical, you guys. It's so critical. Please read your word. You're going to find strength in that word. I promise you, you're going to find strength in that word. I'm not saying don't, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't try and, uh, you know, not seek professional help. Please seek professional help. Um, if you find yourself really getting overwhelmed, seek professional help. Um, I always say, try to make sure the professional help is Christian though. Um, or at least they really do respect your Christian value. And that way you remain in alignment with, uh, with what the word says, because we never want to deviate from what the word says, because then unfortunately the darkness, you think you're coming into the light, but you're not, you're going into just another area of darkness. Um, if they're steering you into another area. So, um, so that's why I say, please do a Christian, um, or, you know, counselor, if you will. So they're not leading you elsewhere. Okay. So, um, Please, uh, no reading the word, becoming a part of a good group, a small group or finding some help, professional help that's uh, faith-based and all of that. It really does keep you or helps you or these are the tools that you will need, need, need to cultivate that resilience Um, because life's challenges are not going nowhere. All right. But our faith, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help ensuring that our faith remains anchored and it's unwavering. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you once again. God, forgive us if we've ever um, have blamed you. There might be someone right now that's listening that said, I blame God for this. I blame God for this pain. I blame God for this pain, for this failure, 
I thought my marriage was till death do us part. I thought this business was thriving. I thought my mom and my dad was supposed to both be here until the very end. I, I thought my child, I wasn't supposed to bury my child before, before, before myself. They were supposed to bury me. God, there's, there's people that are listening to this. I didn't want my sister to go. I didn't want my brother to go. I didn't think I would be hurt by, by the church. God, there's somebody that's listening to this. That's hurting. And they love you. But God, first and foremost, please forgive them for blaming you. They were hurt. They didn't know what else to really say or do at that moment because they were hurt. And they're hurting. But God, I pray that, that you'll use me. You use this episode of this podcast. You use my voice to reassure them that it's you 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 didn't do this thing like on purpose to to just purposely hurt them as though you you're you're being mean or you're being evil. You didn't do this to say you're not God. In fact, you did it to say or you did allow it or however we want to formulate it. Yeah, you're God. And now you feel them and every tear that they cry you see those tears. You're even bottling them away according to your word. You see the tears. Only, only, only a God that bottles tears can see tears. And he feels them. And so God, please touch that individual's heart. It's going to be a minute. They're going to get through it. And they'll have the highs and lows, but God, you said, and you promised that we don't have to fear if we have you. We don't have to be discouraged if we have you. You will give us strength if we have you. You'll give us provisions if we have you. You'll supply everything that we need if we have you. You'll make everything work out for the good. If we have you, we have a purpose because we have you. You love us, God. And God, we want to love you more and more every day. No one likes to be hurt. And God, I pray this season, especially, is heaviest for obvious reasons. So I pray now, even with those that are heavy in this season, that they really, really, really lean on you. They lean into the sources that you lead them to. The Bible, the small groups, the counselors, all of that. Continue to shield them. Continue to have that refuge in you. Wrap your arms around them. Let them feel another level of comfort that they've never felt before. That peace that literally surpasses all understanding, 
Let them feel that. Let them feel that peace. They don't even, and let it hit them in a way that they don't even know where it came from because that's one of them that's really good because I felt that before. That peace that we don't even know where it came from, but there it is. God, I love you. And I appreciate all that you do. Touch your people and give us strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, God bless you.